And that remember that time that I was drinking a glass of red wine at the dinner table and you thought it was going to be so funny to replace the red wine with vinegar? Man, that shit wasn't funny. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Stages Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Armstrong, with my good buddy, J.B. Hager, talking about the stage into Le Puy en Valais, which we learned today by watching the race, is the region that that uh, Bardet is from, which is pretty interesting. You saw some, you saw some, you know, some pretty animated fans out there, which shouldn't be surprising that he's French and he's contending for the overall, but that you're going through his hood, it makes him even more spicy we are going to talk about some of the fans and and their behavior today we're going to get into that just a little bit but but before we talk about it i mean hats off to balke molema from team segafredo what a ride i mean that to 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 obviously make it into the front group of 28 guys started out as 28 guys did i predict that you predicted a breakaway would stick today yeah thank you um but to to send it or to send that attack so far out from the finish, 27 kilometers from the finish, and, and to hold it off. And got a big gap. They brought him back. He got a little more. I mean, he what a gutsy ride. Cool to see. It's funny. You mentioned right away uh, people talking about, uh, you know, their hometown and their home country. And that comes up a lot, obviously, for the French riders. But when it's their hometown, they just really play that up. Sure. I mean, does that... I mean, I'm just thinking of the level of all these riders and to think that someone has an advantage because it's their hometown. I, I just don't, I don't buy that. I, I, I buy it. I buy, I buy the fact that, that they know they're, you know, racing in front of their friends and family, but most importantly, they know these roads. And this was a, you know, we saw a little bit of a shakeup in the GC, uh, in that Dan Martin got you know, 10 plus seconds and moved from sixth to fifth. But other than that, there was no change in, change in the GC. Uh, but it wasn't an easy day. You saw that Peloton lined out all day long, strung out. Um, and, and, you know, as we talk about the, this part of France, the Massif Central is just the roads are never straight and they're never flat. And so with that comes, it comes a lot of stress, comes a lot of difficulty. The roads roll slow. But before we get into anything else here, JB, I have I can't not read this email that we got. <laughs> this the the loving couple. Yeah, and I'm you know, <laughs> we we normally say the names. I'm not going to say this person's name. Just you'll understand in a minute. So he goes on to say, "Lance, I'm an avid cycling fan and would, and would say that I'm a former admirer of yours. Between the podcast and the Tour de Pharmacy, you've rega- regained my admiration, and I don't think that I'm alone as I have a group of friends that feel the same." I appreciate your insight, your humility, and your ability to laugh at yourself in the sport. I'd never listened to a single podcast prior to hearing yours, and now I cannot wait each day to listen to your commentary. During my casual ride tomorrow, we will surely discuss not only the tour itself. Well, during your ride today, you're going to be discussing yourself. Um, you, in, uh, discussing the tour itself, but your thoughts on the stage. Just keep up the great work, the fellow's name, and where he's from. P.S., I haven't seen a P.S. on a note since I was about 12, P.S. but this is really good. P.S. My girlfriend is also an avid listener. 
We often have sex during your podcast, but she will sometimes <laughs> suddenly stop and say, quote, did you hear that? Lance has an interesting point there, end quote. <laughs> what? Who, We've made it. Who has sex to a podcast? This dude and his woman. And I, I, I so want to so say his no, but dude, I, I'm at a loss. It came in this morning. I was like, no, no. What? I had to reread it. We should say his name. No. He's a hero. <laughs> Higgs is like, no. They're going at it right now. Think about it. I, I don't want to think of I, I, No, I'm not thinking. He's, he, anyways. Yeah. Let's Legs are in the air right now. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Russell. Oh, Russell. That, that's. <laughs> we'll take that out. <laughs> You're not supposed to say the name, bro. Hey, there's a lot of Russells in the world. That's true. That's true. Uh, All right. Anyways, big news today. Watching yeah. today's stage, the, there's a lot of things happening that we're going to talk about. But let's start with the big stuff first. Yep. Froome with another mechanical. Yeah. Like you, you've pointed out, like this is, a, it shouldn't be happening that often. And he seems to have a lot. I to me, he has, and I and I actually just got a tweet about it a minute ago. He, he has too many mechanicals. As we were. You know, I was watching uh, the Australian feed, which shout out to Robbie McEwen and the, the guy, I don't even know the other guy's name that he's doing it with. It's awesome. I love They're good. streaming it on uh, this NBC Gold. But So I was driving down uh, to the studio here and, and caught it out of the core of my eye. He has another mechanical. I'm thinking, it happens too often. I mean, if you think about this year, you think about last year, you think about it's, to me, and I, you know, in my career, I got very lucky. I had... Um, but just call it luck, and you know, mm -hmm. and you know, one flat tire in all those seven years. That's it. Um, That's that, the history I'm, of your mechanicals I'm, during I'm those seven. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Very. You know, sometimes hit the deck, but they were just more of a tip over. But it just, you know, it only takes one of those for you to lose the entire race, and something's. I don't know. Uh, it today was a flat, so what, I mean, we you get flat tires, you got a quick change. And had to come back, but uh, but if you have a series of mechanical issues, do 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 those mechanics get their butt chewed when the rider gets off the bike, especially a GC contender, or I mean, is it just it's it's just accepted as well, it part can of the game? Be, it can either be uh, there's a few things it can be. It can be the equipment itself, so it could it, he could have an issue with with uh pinarello he could have an issue with um shimano or, or just how they all line up I don't, I don't know who their wheel sponsor is but it could be a technical issue just with the equipment itself it could be the mechanic right the way that the way the bike is is broken down every day and rebuilt and, and and properly tuned i'm not saying it is but it could be um or it could be you know some riders are harder on equipment than others you know, some rider there's and we've talked about his style that's a good point it's it's the way i he's was and ironically i was known as a rider that was very hard on equipment and yet you know i had these uh i had these uh you know I had great mechanics that that looked over the bike every night especially the tires and and we managed to get through those years without any major problems so it's it's a whole number of things it could be i'm not saying that it's one of them i don't know which one it is but to me there are too many technical issues, too many mechanical issues for a guy who's in the old jersey. All right. Well, he managed to salvage whatever happened today. And every time you think that guy's 
not going to get back in it. He just sort of wobbles his way back in. Well, he he wobbles his way back in because he has a great team, and he and he, uh, you know, even though the last little piece where he had to come across by himself, that too wasn't an issue because he's he's arguably the strongest guy in the race. But uh, and it was you know we saw interestingly enough that Landa was in stayed in that front group and didn't you know they didn't send him back. I I, I still think. There is, there is something there, and I, something tells me that that we're going to have a rest day tomorrow, and then we have a fairly easy day. But then, but then we get straight back into the Alps, and he Landa looks so good on the climbs; he looks effortless. Do you feel like they're hedging their bets that they oh, might well, need I know to go? They're to hedging their bets. Yeah, they, he did at the last minute. He did drop back and bring him, you know, bring Chris Froome back up that last little bit. But to, for them to just keep him there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I wouldn't. Landa was doing some press yesterday, saying, "I'm here to work for Froome, and uh, he'd like to be on podium on the podium as well." But he's there for Froome first. Yeah, I mean, he had to address it, but that doesn't mean that's what's going on. Right, you're just right. trying to calm people down. Uh, I don't know if you're if you're that director. What? How do you have that conversation when you know Landa's looking better? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's looking better than Chris Froome or not, but he does look good. And uh, if I'm Chris Froome, I, I I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy, a good guy, but I, but I am saying, which I said the other day, he's leaving the team. And so when that happens, you have you have different interests. And and uh, I tell you what, speaking of of him leaving Team Sky, and I meant to bring this up the other day, and I I forgot. It's one issue that he's leaving Sky. But think about it if you're if you're Naro Quintana and you're you're the guy that's been designated as, as the leader of Movistar to win the Tour de France. That's that's been their they've been grooming him to try and do that. What is he thinking? Right? I mean they they just went and hired a guy that also wants to win oh, the Tour right, de France. Right. Well, yeah. so what they, we've seen all, all this drama plays out when when you know what we've seen from Quintana, like this, this is going to make more sense going into next year. Or is he just still tired from he did the Giro, right? Right. So he's got he's tired had, legs. He's, he's having a bad tour, and and you saw it today. I mean, a day that that was hard, but there's no way if if he's if he's riding like he can that he ever gets dropped and loses time. No way. He's he's you know he needs to be thinking about going in breakaways and and and. Uh, and you know, win in a stage. Okay. Let's talk about the French fans for a second, mm-hmm. because they're, when uh, Froome was off the back, trying to, after his mechanical, trying to reel himself back in, I mean, it was no doubt the French fans were booing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'm naive, but we tend to think that the French cycling fans probably are more of a sophisticated fan than doing that. Am I giving them way too much credit? I don't know if you're giving them way too much credit, but you're giving them too much credit. It's it's a couple of things, and I don't and I have to be sensitive when I talk about this issue. But there is in their minds, and I'm not saying it's validated or justified. There there is in and around Team Sky, in and around Dave Brailsford, the history with Bradley Wiggins and Chris Froome. There there is not zero suspicion. They have suspicion, and and again. I'm probably the last person delicate, that should bring right. this is delicate and, yeah, and I don't want to, yeah. but I'm just saying that it is there. We know that you have to admit that. And so it's partly that, 
But more importantly, and, and I think a bigger part of it, and, and if not the significant part of it, or the majority of it, is that, I mean, their, their homeboy is, is, is in contention to win not only their homeboy, but actually we're going through his, his region today. You know, you, you could have anybody in the yellow jersey. It could be an Italian. It could be a Rue. It could be, it could it's be a Colombian. that directed at him. Maybe him, too. Okay. Know? But it's, it sucks to, because you can so clearly hear it and see it on TV. So the perception mm-hmm. is, oh, my God. They hate him. They hate him. This yeah. guy's so unpopular. And it's, Chris Froome is not unpopular. Trust right. me. He's, he's extremely popular. And when he walks around and goes around, people kiss his ass all day long. Mm-hmm. So that's not an indication of whether or not he's well-loved or not or hated or not. It's just, it sucks to see it. I've lo- I lived it for a lot of years, man. It's, it's, uh, you can try to go zen on it as much as you want, but it sucks. There's another thing about the fans, and you don't necessarily know they're French fans, but, you know, all of us who, I've never done, I've never been over to the tour, but I, even just as a casual spectator, you're amazed at the effort that people go to to watch the riders come by. Mm-hmm. You know, they are there early in the morning. We talk about how it's a party all day. There's the parade of swag all day and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And what? And then the riders go by for a fleeting moment, right? So that's your nugget. What's amazing to me is the guy that chooses, instead of watching those riders go by for a fleeting moment, I'm going to drop my pants and moon them. Yeah, it got him on Deadspin. Look, I'm looking at Twitter right now. It says, it's uh, Deadspin tweets and writes an article. This is more like the Tour de Butts. So there's a picture of this guy mooning. By the way, too, he's mooning in, in this particular picture. He's mooning a Frenchman, Warren Barguil. But these, you know, they, they get, anything to get on TV, JB. Their butt. Anything. Well, someone posted in the comments, someone mooning you years ago. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, it's like, I had no idea that that goes on this much. Yeah. But, but it's like, I can watch, actually watch riders go by, or I can show the cameras my butt. That just is an interesting mindset to me. Buddy, I can't, I can't explain it. I got, <laughs> I got nothing for you. Okay. I, uh, one of the things you brought up a few days ago that mm-hmm. would make some days more interesting yep. was if they shared some radio coverage. Yep. And they haven't been doing that. And uh, I caught it yesterday, some earlier on the Aussie feed that we've been talking about on NBC Gold. Those guys are doing a great job, by the way. But they were sh- they were airing some coverage. And I was like, oh, cool. This is what Lance was talking about. Right. And after about five minutes of it, I was like, I have no idea what everyone is saying. Right. The, 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 the reality, well, the reality is two things. It, I do think it would be interesting if we could listen to the rider, talk to the team, to the director, to, the, to his teammates, because they can all communicate, right? So all nine guys, or however many guys you have left in the race, can talk to each other, and then you can talk to the team and vice versa. I think on some days where it's a little boring, that might be interesting. I don't know that the riders and the peloton would be too keen on having that broadcast, but mm-hmm. it, for a fan, it would be cool. I don't know how, uh, you know, technology is and how possible it is to do that. But what I will say is these radios, you see a lot of times when you're watching, you'll see, and typically they're showing Froome when he's, he grabs the mic and there's a button inside that jersey where you push to talk and see, and he, and he gets his mouth as close to the mic as he can. The reality is the quality is so bad between the wind and other interference and sweat and, and, and and crowd noise. And just, there are times I mean, 
I have to say, I mean, I probably understood, you know, 25% of what was ever said out there. Cause you just, and then you throw in different languages, mm-hmm. different accents, <laughs> different, you know, and after a while it's like, and then that one teammate who's just too chatty for no reason. Well, this Does that idea, happen? And all this, you know, with noise canceling technology and all that, you would think we'd be there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I bet you those radios, and I, and I don't know the answer, but I bet you they have hardly changed since ten years ago. Two way radios haven't evolved. No, no. <laughs> it peaked in the seventies, no. and, and then you know, there, there's always there's there's a fair amount of people in the sport that, that just want to ban them. They think that they make the sport too robotic, too predictable, that the riders cannot make their own tactical and strategic decisions, which is maybe true. Um, and that, you know, the breakaway always gets caught at the same time. And at the same, the story always ends up being the same. A lot of people blame radios for that because they are just constantly getting that data. So they know exactly where they are. Um, that may or may not be true. I, I think, I just think, I don't think they're going away, and I think eventually it would be cool to be able to listen to them. That would be interesting if you not only took out the radios, but you took out the um, the chalkboard that you love so much. So you really <laughs> didn't know how far up the road they were. Yeah, but that, and if that, they were out of sight, out of mind, that would be an interesting dynamic, wouldn't it? Yeah, but that will never happen. Then you'd then you'd have people on the side of the road telling you. you know, oh, they, they would start their clock. They'd be watching TV yeah. and and shouting it out. Yeah, hmm. for sure. You were getting frustrated today um, watching BMC. Why? <laughs> frustrated? I don't think I was frustrated because I don't really care. Um, but to have <laughs> tell four us guys, how you really feel. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, but what were you witnessing? What, it, that what stood out you, to you? you? Four guys in the break, and then in the end, three guys out of ten, ten right there, and to not to not only not win the stage. But to to not even be in the second group of four, yeah, that's a dream come true to have four guys just, in a break, right? You just think that's you have handled. To just, you have to just assume that they that they they're going to figure that out. And look, at the end of the day, it was a hard day. It was not easy, like maybe some people thought, or easier, like they thought. And maybe they just didn't have the legs. That's what they're going to say when they get back in the team bus and the director's standing there and Jim Akowitz, the team GM, is standing there. Is like, what happened? They're just going to say, I, I couldn't follow. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, that was a big miss for them that, that they've had a, they've had an awful tour and, uh, this was their chance with those numbers in that group that was clearly going to go away and stay away. This was their chance to get one and, uh, they didn't. Let's talk about the, uh, the, the support cars Hmm. because it gets pretty tricky and maybe you can explain to the casual fan what's happening on days like today where you have breakaways and groups and you know, there's certain points when a team car can go up the road and support them and then they have to pull out what's going on there. So the general rule, although today we saw them, um, budge a little on the rule. The general rule is when a, a either a, a break a single person, it doesn't matter how big the group is when they have a minute advantage, when they're a minute up on the rest of the main Peloton, then their team cars are allowed to come around. And so psychologically, you know, the, the Peloton knows they see that and they say, okay, they, even if they haven't seen the time board, they know it's a minute because the cars are allowed to come around, which by the way, too, can be, you know, today you had 28 guys up there. I mean, how many, I don't know how many teams call it 15 teams. I mean, all of those cars trying to get around that Peloton on twisty, hilly roads. And some narrow. It seems like we're seeing more narrow roads. Yeah, they don't hop over. They got to go through. So (laughs) it it makes it, that's a little sketchy. So that, what happens, 
when the peloton is typically taking the whole road, are they just bah, 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 on just their horn? Laying on the horn, and, and it's and it's we talked a lot this tour about etiquette, and that's that's one thing where you just gotta you know um, nobody's trying to take your place. You just get over. Let them. They want those cars to get through there as quickly as yeah. possible. So the quicker they all get over, move over, let them go by, the better. But it's still it, it's it's hectic for a few minutes and then and then vice versa on the other side once that gap gets below a minute then that car has to pull off mm-hmm. so psychologically too when you're in the break and you hear that your your director comes on and says okay we have to pull over i mean you know you're you know they're coming for you okay so it's kind of this is a rookie question but who's typically in that team car well the there's first of all in the tour de france there's each team has two cars so there's a car one and car two. Uh, typically, obviously in car one is the main director and the back seat is the mechanic. And then at the tour, there's so much, uh, you know, there's so many people want to be there that typically you'd have a sponsor or a VIP riding shotgun. And then if you have even more people, you could stick somebody in the back seat, which that's not exactly the, uh, the best seat to be in because mm-hmm. you're sitting back there with a the mechanic. You can't see much. Um, so that's who they'd put in there. Car two, they can also put VIPs and sponsors and typically car two stays with, you know, car one always stays with the leader of the team in the mountains, for example. So Uh, car one is going to have your GC spare bikes on it. Spare bikes. On car one. Absolutely. And car, I mean, obviously they can't put nine bikes on a car. So some of them are sort of neutral bikes. I, I, I saw, well, a couple things. One, they can... They can interchange the bikes if they need to. If car two would be the car that goes up, that comes through the peloton and goes and follows the breakaway, that's car two. So if all of a sudden you know somebody makes it into that break and his bike is on car one, they'll just pull over and exchange the bikes and then get through the peloton. And car two will be the one that that supports that break. It's that, mind blowing. For it's just mind blowing to watch the, the the cars maneuvering through the crowd and through the bikes and. No, I mean these these directors. I mean, obviously they're they're tactically astute, but they're they're like part time rally drivers. It's crazy. I mean, people that sat in our cars with Johan Bernil. I mean, Phil Knight came to a tour one year on road to mountain stage, and the climbs are exciting because there's a lot of people. But the speed and in in which they drive on the downhills is fucking nuts. And you know, these people get out of the cars like that's the greatest day in sports I've ever experienced. Just riding in the car, trying to keep up with a downhill pursuit. Just the whole handing up bottles and you know it's, it's chaos chaos <laughs> it's absolute chaos yeah i know i've seen shots of uh johan back in the day and it he's driving he's on the radio he's watching television i mean they're watching tv coverage in the car as well yeah probably not supposed to but they do hanging out the side fixing bikes it's it's mind-blowing all right so we're going into a rest day and now is You've said before you didn't even like the rest day. You'd rather get out and hammer it again. Does the second rest? Got, day, I got some grief for that, for saying it. Yeah, I'd rather not have the rest days. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you're, all, you're all geared up, right? I was like, come on. That's, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's it, there. This one's a little different than the first one. We should go right. through this just for a second. But there's no transfer. There's no flight. There's no. They have the whole day. They got the whole day to to. You know, to do what they want to go do. Sightseeing. Ride. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Go down to the water park with their kids, probably. Um, no, they they have the day to to get massage, eat, ride a bit, 
um, whatever therapy they need to do. And when you say ride a bit, what's typical? Not, I know you said you would make your teammates work a little harder than most. Everybody's different. Two this, couple hours of just spinning your legs out. I think it depends a little bit. It doesn't depend a little bit. It depends a lot, actually, on what the day, what the stage is the day after the rest day. Back in the day, it was almost. Uh, almost always the day after the rest day was a hard mountain day. If that's the case, you have to go out and hammer on your rest day. I hate to say it and I hated to do it to the guys, but we did. Um, This particular rest day, you know, the next day is not an easy day per se, but it's not a mountain day. It's, it's, it's listed and categorized as a quote unquote sprint finish. So they know that that day will get them back into their rhythm. Like nobody's going to, None of these GC guys are going to lose the Tour de France the day after that rest day. So it just depends. It depends. And, and the, the other interesting thing, which we just saw, is that like rest day number one, Chris Froome didn't do a press conference, and he's not going to do, a, not going to do one on rest day number two. And I'm sure the press room is livid. Um, but I got to say, I, I completely agree with that. Don't It's, it's just chill. As my, it, press conferences are never chill. And so... Just chill, bro. A <laughs> uh, couple things before we get to the comments. Um, we're going to talk about tomorrow. We've already read the greatest comment of all time. That's I true. I don't even know how we can read another comment on the oh, air. We've got some good stuff. we got some good stuff. We'll hold off on the comments. Let's talk about not tomorrow, obviously, rest day. The next day they come back. Yep. What to look for? You know... I said it. I said it a few days ago that I think Marcel Kittle is going to win eight stages in the tour. He, he he would have to win this stage to get to get eight. He might could get seven. That's still great. Winning eight stages ties the all time record that Eddie Merckx did twice and Freddie Martin's did once. Um, he, he's thinking about that. But more importantly, I tell you what he's thinking about. He's thinking about Michael Matthews because this green jersey competition could heat up. I mean, Kittle's got a good lead. Matthews got points today. Um, and so, uh, you know, he has to, the, the reality is that the day after tomorrow is also not an easy day. We're still on the massive central. We're still on those twisty, turny up and down roads. The race basically starts uphill. I mean, if you look at the profile, the first 20 kilometers or 12 miles is uphill. So he's got to get through that. And then it kind of rolls around on the, on the plateau and then it goes down. And the last part of the race is basically flat. So the question is, uh, how much is he worried about the green jersey points? How much is he worried about or thinking about the tie in the record? And then finally, and most importantly, how much is the first part of that stage going to take the quickness out of his legs? I, mm-hmm. My my sense is he's going to be, even though he's so much faster than anybody else, he's going to be wasted when he gets to the finish just because the first part of the stage is, is going to be hard for him. Well, as we get farther into the tour, you see more of the opportunists who need the stage win. Yep. And you talk about it being hilly early on. It's the sprinters team's job to keep them in the hunt. Yep. Right. And, and to control the pace of everything. Right. And, you know, I'm sure that quick step and Marcel Kittle didn't like to see Michael Matthews in the breakaway today, but he did a, a break could still go away and succeed. Um, and that would be, you know, if you have a big group like that, they take all the points. They take the intermediate points. They take the finish line points, and therefore they don't lose any points. So uh, they'll be paying attention to exactly who is in the break. And if it's Michael Matthews, the, they they can't let that go again. So you're not likely to see anybody get away. 
and stay now, away now that I hear myself like talk about it, 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 it <laughs> again, it's just maybe he doesn't care about trying to win eight and, and tying a record. I think that'd be pretty awesome if you know to see somebody win eight stages in a in one tour. But that may be that may not be nearly as important as winning the green jersey in Paris. And if that's the case, if you, all you care about is the green, then you just let twenty eight guys go again, which. I'm telling you, on this terrain, it is so easy to get away. I heard an interesting – they were interviewing um, Balke Molema after the stage, and we haven't talked about this, but when that group on these narrow roads, when that break gets away, the lead, Team Sky, Chris Froome, all the GC, they want that break to, to succeed. They want them gone. It makes the stress level on the peloton drop significantly. And so one way you can do that on a narrow road is to block the road. And he talked about it today in his post-race interview because he was one of the riders that was stuck behind a wall of Team Sky up front. That, As that an amateur blocking. racer, this is what I was really good at. Yeah, blocking the road, <laughs> just laying down. <laughs> well, if I had a teammate up front, I yeah. was. this was my specialty. Yeah. I was a road blocker. Right. So he <laughs> – but if you're trying to, to get in that group and the group is going away and they're blocking the road, when I say blocking, I don't mean obviously we're not stopping. No. But if you line up nine riders or ten riders across the road, it's it's very you can't get through. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying; they'll be on the side in the gravel, you know, in the grass, just anything to get around, mm -hmm. so they can try to get up into that break. Is there, is there a um, a lot of screaming from the ba the back when it's being blocked? I know there is an amateur race. No, they're just trying to get through. Yeah, they're just trying. I mean, they could pull the the. The skeezy move of saying service, service, but <laughs> we learned that the other we day. We learned that the other day. I love that. All right, you want to take some, uh, get some comments, some questions here. I know it's we got to get you out of here today. It's a that's right. We're tra a, we too are tra well. Those guys aren't transferring. Day. We are transferring. We it's are a transfer day. We're leaving Austin because it's Africa hot here. Thank <laughs> God I'm leaving. Um, and going back to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, let's tackle this quickly so we can do our transfer. Uh, Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> yeah. Amy White writes, uh, the Aussie feed had race radio on today, too. Mm. Do you think they're listening to our podcast? I'd be flattered if they were listening to this podcast. Who knows? I, I'm getting a lot of messages from 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 guys that are in the in the press corps, and I'm, you know, it's it's cool to 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 hear from them. So I know the, I know some of those guys are listening. I don't know, uh, you know, which of the TV people are are listening, but it. It would be fair. Well, obviously, we're watching and listening to them. Well, uh, I'm almost. I'm listening. I listen to almost everybody except for one person. <laughs> Dan writes. Uh, Thanks for being candid on your worst and best memory mm. from your tours. That was on yesterday's podcast, mm. uh, stage fourteen. If you want to hear that, it was really good. It's at the end. I've uh, been getting a lot of good comments from this guy, Matt Gilchrist. Um, one might wonder if the tour might ever include a a Coors Classic style criterium or a circuit race. That's not uh, likely to ever no, happen. The, is the closest it? they'll ever get to that is is the final day in Paris. Okay. I mean, the, the the laps around the Champs Elysees. Obviously, you don't start in Paris, but you start. You know, let's say you have, you know, that stage has been getting shorter and shorter, which the guys love. Um, but they probably ride for two or three hours to get to the city. And then you spend an hour and a half d doing basically a circuit race around uh, the middle of Paris. Do the euros like crits like we do here? No, it's not near. It's, this no. is like, it's like NASCAR, right? They like it's their road racing. Yeah. Is, is it kind of similar in a way? It's just, a, it's a different 
sport. It really is. And, and we, criteriums are typically a little more dangerous. There's, there is more crashes. Um, so no, they don't. Doesn't the uh, tour winner team, some of the, the big faces of it, won't they do some exhibition crits? Don't they get some? Right. Some but that's like I told you the other day, that's like WWE. So it's not, they're not racing for anything. They're, they're just, just putting on a show. Right. Okay. Um, someone asked, oh, Johnny, how long will the Stages podcast be available to watch after the tour is over? I'll help you out with that. Yeah, because I have no idea. Well, one, they will stay in your Facebook feed for a while, but um, they're being saved on the WeDo YouTube channel. Oh, they are? Cool. So all the Facebook feeds, uh, if you're if that's what you're watching, you can always catch it on there. And, of course, they'll stay in podcast world yeah. for a while. I think they go up to 300, and then they start kicking I'm gonna, You know, we have a week to go, dude. I'm going to have withdrawals. It's going to be 49 weeks of just missing this but i get my life back which would be kind of nice <laughs> right get to go ride my bike in the morning have i put on weight facebook do i look fatter i feel fatter i feel like i've put on weight because since the started because of this because it's throwing your routine off yeah it's that's i'm not complaining but i'm kind of complaining <laughs> hill hogan writes let's start a Hulk go hogan hill hogan oh hill hogan let's start a gofundme to get lance a new pair of readers <laughs> What are you talking about? What's wrong with these? I've said every day this week, I'm going to go buy new readers. And in fact, Higgs pointed out a good point because I'm leaving here and going um, to the airport. And, and apparently the, the, you know, the newsstands there have readers. So I might tomorrow, guys, you might, you don't even need to waste your time on the GoFundMe. I got this. Okay. I'm going to get uh, some new ones. Victor writes in, best show ever. Hello from Sweden. I just like hearing all the people Victor checking Victor from Sweden? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I love this artist, uh, this musician, Jose Gonzalez, and he's from he's Swedish. How do you, how are you Swedish? <laughs> I mean, I know happen? how, because there's some backstory there and his parents are immigrated, blah, blah, blah. but he's a Swede named Jose Gonzalez. That's a good way that to shit stand out. freaks me out. <laughs> uh, Tim O'Shaughnessy writes, Lance, what is your recipe for can, the Lancerita? Can, can I ask, a, say something real quick? I just got a DM from oh. Scott Mercier, my buddy, and... He says, yes, you're definitely fatter. <laughs> this is You asked. You put it out there. <laughs> Merce, that ain't cool, bro. Let's, when I get back tonight, how about you come over? We'll both take off our shirts and we'll walk around. We'll see how we do. <laughs> By the way, what is, what is your weight now compared to your, I'm, to I'm your fight? Come on. It. I'm not talking about it. People want to know. There was you're in good shape. Really sweet question you just asked. I'm not, I'm not talking about it. Your fighting weight was what? 165? 165. So I'm about 180 now. 180. Well, I was two weeks ago. <laughs> you haven't checked. I might have been a little less. <laughs> uh, when will the Suffer Tees be available? People are loving that. And a lot of people are asking about We Do Kits. When are they going to be I bet ready? there were 50 messages Tuesday. about We Do Hicks Kits. says that we, got, we get restock on Tuesday. So we we'll do. talk about that. Okay. I guess, we'll do that uh, Tuesday. Okay. Today's Sunday, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I know it's Sunday because I got the Sunday New York Times. By the way, for those who get the New York Times or read the New York Times, the cover story on the sports section today was about a basketball player named, who's sadly enough, passed away. Jackson, what's his last name, Higgs? Jackson? Roman. Roman. I mean, it, it is, it's a, it's a sad story. I'll just warn you, but um, powerful, powerful story. Check it out if you, if you haven't run out to your curb and got the New York Times. You can probably read it online, too, but. 
Awful story. Nicholas writes, Colombian here. Kind of love that you called Colombian cyclists artists. Um, yeah, they're, they're artists. I just get another DM. Which commentator was it, is the one you won't listen to? This is from Tanja. Oh, that jet obviously just came in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. Don't. I can't even talk about it. <laughs> if you've been listening, just go back yeah, through yeah, some yeah. previous podcasts yeah. and you will quickly pick up. Okay on what he's talking about. Are you going to make me miss my flight? I don't know what time your flight is. I don't know. All right, one more. Okay. Last one. Last one. Uh, from, again, from Gear Mashers. We met that guy the other day. What technology exists now that you wish you had when you were racing? Huh. And on the note, this might steer you in the right direction. What do you think about electronic shifters? Yep. Well, we've talked about, um, we've talked about disc brakes. And I mean, I, I've been very outspoken and, and a big proponent of disc brakes. And I think that this Peloton in, in short time will be totally converted to disc brakes. I think they're much safer. They're much, it's in the best interest of the industry. I would love to have raced. I hated, and I've mentioned this on this podcast, I hated um, descending in the rain, racing. And it just, it just, I got super sketched out when I had to do that. And disc brakes takes a lot of that out because you, at least you can rely, you know, with the braking that we raced with and probably the braking they still race with, it's like, it's like a time release or it's, it's a delayed reaction. So when you carbon rims, cork pads, you hit the brakes, you kind of have to think, you know, I think I need to brake in about five seconds. So I'm going to start now. Like that's just, this brakes takes all of that out. Okay. That's the one technology. And electronic shifting is, is great. I also don't mind, I don't mind manual shifting. I don't, you know, I mean, obviously the whole world is, is shifting over to not just on the roadside, but on the mountain bike side to electronic shifting. It's, um, again, it's another thing that's, that's allowed the industry to go resell people. Mm -hmm. So when you, when a fan watches the tour and they see everybody has electronic shifting and they go outside and their bike is manual, they go, Oh gosh, I guess I better upgrade. And so they go down. So it allows the Shimano's and the SRAMs and the campies of the world to go sell a whole new uh, grupo to a whole new population. And the same would happen with disc brakes. Cool. If you want to get some merch, uh, it's going to be restocked and you're going to want to pounce on that, especially the uh, unexpectedly popular Suffer shirts. So, I think we're going to do another color in the Suffer. Okay. Uh, we do shop.com for that info. Uh, if you want to get notified when the shops replenish, which is happening in the next day or so, go to wedosport.com and sign up for the email list. It's W-E-D-U sport. Uh, your questions and comments. Thanks again to our boy o earlier who's been getting just, some loving. Just, Higgs just walked over with the computer. We just got a, a... Oh, boy. I guess, and I don't know anything about Facebook, but, I get, you know, the comments come up. But an old teammate of mine, Thomas Veitkus from Lithuania, writes in and says, says... You're safe. You can hang with me now. It's totally safe. I'm over 90 kilos, which is, you know, 190 pounds. But he was always a big boy. But thanks for tuning in. Okay. And that remember that time that I was drinking a glass of red wine at the dinner table and you thought it was going to be so funny to replace the red wine with vinegar? Man, that shit wasn't funny. <laughs> I was, and you know I was pissed. Nobody on that team ever saw me that pissed. I said, don't touch my wine. <laughs> But there, it's, it's all good now. Is there a bit of punking and pranks that goes on among teammates? Not there has with, to be. Not with me. 
Not with you. Don't just drop it. Share this with your friends. Send them to stagespodcast.com. And if you don't mind, Lance, shout out to my daughter who's in the finals today. She is. She's in Seattle. So they put three. It's one of the events where they just put the top three through. Uh, so wakes, wishing her my luck. My wake serve, serving wake? coach is yeah. in the finals. She's in the finals today up girl, in Seattle. Raleigh. So wishing her luck. All right. Go get it. All right. Transfer day. See you.